are listening to Oversharing with me, Tawny, and her mom, Maria. Welcome to your new safe space where there's no such thing as TMI. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. How are things going? They're okay. I'm feeling blah. 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 I feel yucky. Well, we're going to be talking about feelings and emotions, so. Yay. Maybe by the end of this, you'll have a better word than blah (laughs) to describe how you're feeling. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So the reason, the inspiration. Cute. The inspiration um, behind talking about this uh, is Brene Brown was on Ellen recently, and she has a new documentary called Atlas of the Heart, which you can watch on HBO that I have not watched, and I have not read her book. (laughs) But (laughs) I do know that kind of her theory is that she said that we as humans like to think that we're logical beings who occasionally act on our emotions. But her theory is that we're emotional beings who every now and then behave logically. Yes, that's exactly you know? what she said. <laughs> yeah, and I I completely agree with her. Anyone who knows me knows it would be hard for me to be or look in a situation and not consider all of the feelings, all of the background, what could have led someone there. Like, that's very much my speed. A lot of empathy. Even when I don't mean to. Right? Yeah. Okay, you're looking at me like I was crazy. I'm like, oh, maybe well, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe my perception of myself is totally off. No, but there's so many things going through my own mind, too, <laughs> of it. So I didn't mean to gaze <laughs> off. But, you know, sometimes, you know. Sometimes I, I think that I lose you. And then you do? I'm like, great. Now I have to talk to myself. No different <laughs> than real life. No different I mean, than I any other why you expect. I, I'm One thing I am is consistent. Consistent. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I consistently forget. Consistently zone out. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. We all now have I, our thing. Now I completely forget what you were talking about. Let's bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> so feelings. Oh, And yeah, the idea wow. that we are emotional beings who occasionally behave logically, kind of, is like the, the platform of it. So originally in psychology, there's eight basic emotions right what would you okay so I'm, I'm telling you there's eight and you don't know this list right right what do you think they are if you had to take the eight basic bottom line emotions what are they happy okay angry okay sad hmm uh, like grieving like just Okay, morning. Morning. So like a different, so like in-depth sadness. Yeah. Or different, sadness for the purpose. Kind of sadness. Yeah, no, like, I get oh, it. Oh, damn, I missed my bus. I'm sad. <laughs> oh, damn, my mom died. That's a different kind That's of... That's a different kind of sad. Yeah. Okay. There you go, I got that. That's only five. Yeah, how many did you want? You ran out. <laughs> did you want 87? No, I wanted eight. There's oh, eight yeah, basic I emotions. I got five in psychology. So anger, fear, sadness, disgust surprise, anticipation, trust, and joy. How did I forget this? Well, I would have never really thought of trust as a feeling, would you? No, but now that you mention it, it's a big feeling. It's a hell of a feeling. Yeah. I've thought about that before because I think when you think of relationships and trust, a lot of people immediately go to cheating 
but there's a quote by like Sylvester Stallone that I love and it's about loyalty and it's basically like loyalty is trusting someone so much that you can set your clock by them like you know for a fact they're going to show up for you right. no matter what and that's what trust really is and that's what shows in relationships it goes beyond cheating it goes beyond you know the the betrayal that automatically comes up yeah there's so many things that you can do to betray a person by not showing up on time saying you're going to do something that you don't by consistently letting them down in very small ways right it gets big the one thing that i do want to touch on is that i'm did i mention fear in my list i'm not sure that you did but it is one of the but i'm glad that i didn't i'm glad that one of my first reactions reactions wasn't to say fear because i i'm not in that anymore but you can that was such a big part fear was such a big part of my life like afraid of what my life (laughs) (laughs) just in general yeah when you wake up you wake up and your life is in chaos okay yeah you know i mean you were a child living in it yeah you know and i i never knew what emotion my ex-husband was Was gonna gonna be yeah having yeah so that's that's what's interesting about Brene brown's take on things because i like i just said psychology has the eight basic emotions but then Brene Brown says that we have 87. There's 87 human emotions and experiences because our emotions are not just limited to the things that we're feeling. They're tied to the what we are experiencing that kind of inspires us to inhibit that behavior. And I looked over these and I'm really, really glad that you, um, you know, gave me a copy because it makes so much sense now. It does. Now that I'm reading it, you know, they're... It got grouped, you know, places we go when things are uncertain or too much. Right. So the way Brene Brown has it broken down um, in Atlas of the Heart is it's the places we go when. So basically when you're experiencing something, these are the different emotions. And this resonates with me so much because I was in a really abusive relationship, of course, and... I remember being so angry all the time and I'm like, why am I so fucking mad? And it wasn't until the relationship after him where I cared to communicate. I cared if the other person understood me that I was like, I'm so mad that he did this. And I'm like, why are you mad? And I'm like, say he's ignoring my texts, you know, if I'm not hearing from him, which I've mentioned before is like the silence is is a really big trigger for me and it's something I've had to really really work on so say he's ignoring my text and for me I'm like oh I'm pissed because he's ignoring me and I'm like okay but you're not pissed and I would really sit there and start to break these things down and I'm like you're upset because you feel unheard you feel rejected this reminds you of when and it would sometimes it would take me to a moment in my childhood or behaviors that my dad had and I'm like this is why this is so triggering for you it reminds you of being rejected it reminds you of feeling unheard it reminds you of your voice not mattering and I know to some it'd be like okay he ignored your text like chill but but that's That's this is what happens yeah but that is because you broke them down that way is probably how you started really being able to stand back and start analyzing it. You started setting boundaries at a young age. Do you know what I mean? See, I don't feel like I've ever had any boundaries. Really? <laughs> I feel oh, like, no. I feel like I'm a mess. I feel like I've mm-hmm. let so many people walk all over me or take advantage of me in different ways so i feel Mm -mm. i feel mushy sometimes it's so funny your ability to set boundaries 
allowed me and your brother to get away from a monster. Yeah. So, and it was you that did that. Yeah. That's like Whether our, you know it or not. In you know our particular I mean? situation, that's true. You and my brother both would continue to go back oh, to my dad for whatever true. reason. And for me, like one, here's the thing about me is, and people who are close to me, like I'll hang on to something. Like my tenacity is unmatched. I will stay in there and stay in there and stay in there if I believe I'm supposed to be there. But the moment I think my lesson is learned or I'm pushed too far, it will be as if you never existed to me. Like, it will be really, really hard for you to come back to life, which brings me to a great song, Back from the Dead, and I'm so mad I can't think of the singer. You know what I'm talking about, right, though, right? And she basically sings about that. Like, I killed you off in my mind, and now here you are. Yeah. And, and the pain of that. But, um, yeah, I will hold on, but when I let go, and that's let it. Go. My let go is even more fierce than the way I held on to you. Right. And it's... I forget where I was even. Well, I can tell you <laughs> that, I mean, I know the exact day. Oh, so that's what makes me feel like I don't have boundaries. Sorry. Oh, you yeah. do. You do have boundaries because I, um, I don't, maybe I can't remember the date, but I can tell you where we were in life when a text message blew you away oh. and you severed, you sent a very, that's what, that's where I was very going. Yeah. Thoughtful. A thoughtful, fuck firm you. text message, and you cut that tie from. And I haven't talked to that person. Your father's yes, talking. and I it was, was on someone else's behalf, not your own. That's what I was getting at with like the the holding on is. But when you, it's one thing if you're gonna hurt me, you know, I can process that. But when you're hurting, especially my brother, mm-hmm. that is a whole different mm-hmm. layer for me. Like mm-hmm. things have come out of me in defense of my brother that I was like, I didn't even know I possessed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people get the same for him, you know, the way that we protect each other. That's always been interesting. But yeah, when you hurt someone that I love, it's just kind of. And that's what it was. Yeah. The words he used were just so disgusting. And you read them and you're like, I'm so I'm done. Absolutely... But I need to let him know. Yeah. Fuck and yeah. then it was done. I, I have not spoken to him since. I wouldn't even know the timeline on that. Years. Of how long it's been. Four, five I can tell you. I'm trying to. Think. It is the December before I had the operation on this right. elbow. But do you know what year you had the operation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was December of 2018. So 2018 probably would be. Grandma was here, right? Wait, when she was? When did um? The wedding was 2018. So it was the end of that. It was the end of that year. So it was December of 2018. I don't know. But it's been a couple years since I've spoken to my dad. And even before that, we weren't Mm -mm. really talking. This is another thing that kind of ties into emotions that I have a hard time with. And I'd be curious of what other people have experienced. Um, My dad and I have been, what's the word when you're like separated from someone? Isn't there like a special word for that? Estranged. Estranged. There you go. That's like the fancy family word. (laughs) Um, We've been estranged for years. Even when we were in contact, it wasn't fantastic it's a very um he he's in relationships for what he can get out of them i'm talking about i would go years not talking to him and he would text me on father's day with a list of things that he needed as a gift that's a gift yeah and like his sizes like i'm not even kidding the shit that Mm -hmm. he would come up with um and i got to a point where i would i could finally see this and it's when i was in that same abusive relationship i was able to leverage them against each other and i'm like holy shit this is the same person like the same shit is happening 
And I was really able to shut that down. So 2018 makes sense. And I struggle with the fact that one day he's going to die, you know, and that is going to be so incredibly difficult for me for so many reasons. But then I also, I wonder how that looks from the outside. Like, oh, here she is. She loses her dad. Not that it's anybody's business, but these are just things I think of, right? Um, When you see someone who loses a parent that struggled with addiction or someone who loses a parent that treated them really badly, there's just so many complicated emotions there. Like to mourn someone who you had already decided on the loss of. Doesn't mean you still don't lose them, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, And not everybody saw the sides that you saw. Not everybody got that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was good. Yeah. He was good. And many there are. are so many believe that he is this giving, generous, kind. You know, you could run into somebody and they find out, you know, oh, you so-and-so's daughter. Yeah. Have what no idea. Guy, yeah. yeah. But that's, isn't that ever, is that ever hard for you too? Yes. Doesn't it piss you the fuck off that yes. someone who did such awful, nasty things to you? And that kind of ties into, you know, cancel culture and shit like that. And it's like, I do believe that people can have redemption stories. I do believe that people change. But a lot of these people that we're talking about, it's not redeemable behavior. And if there's no self-awareness, if they're not acknowledging things they've done wrong, then what the fuck's the point? You're just enabling There's never been acknowledgement. And and I look now and I realize the, the, as we're speaking of emotions um, and situations that we're in, at a young age, you were still in high school and then you became a protector. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Of me and your brother. I remember him trying to get in the house after me one day. Mm-hmm. And my, you, my dad. Yes. You literally, you were a teenage girl. Yeah. And he's a beast. You literally grabbed him by his shoulders and removed him from our house. Well, he didn't belong there. He did not belong there. No, I don't mean to make light of it, but it's... Now, the dog was behind you, and he might have had something to do with it as well. He probably gave me a lot of confidence. He did. (laughs) But, and and made, yeah, and you did not want him getting to me. Yeah. And and it, it is a shame, all of the things that you had to endure, literally standing up to your father so he can In can't protection of, of your my mother. mom, yeah. Yeah. That's Knowing something, what he's capable of. That's something that is really difficult for me, too, um, when it comes to my brother. Again, we get back to... We get to use estranged again. But a lot of people don't know, and I'm sure this happens in so many families, but my brother and I came from a very physically abusive home. There was a lot of physical abuse when we were children, and a lot of that was directed at my brother but at the times when it wasn't he would step in there were so many times where the abuse would be coming at me for whatever reason and my brother would literally create a distraction or cause the anger to switch you know by flying words at my dad you know and this is a a small child so and that plays into so many of my brother's behaviors when we were like out at bars or if he felt like people were being aggressive with me like it really has triggered so many things in him and a lot of people see his behaviors you know he's so he's so wild and he can be an aggressor and he he, 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 I don't have to go into it but those are triggers those are for him it's like he spent so many years trying to protect us and protect our dog that's such a big part of it and and that never left him 
no, you know? No. But at the same time, what a scared child. Like, how was he ever expected? And, and that's another reason that I put all the work I do into understanding emotions is I've worked with children for so long and I feel like we put so much pressure on kids to just understand what's happening. But how? You know, you have a child who's having a temper tantrum. Think of all the times during the day that you feel dysregulated as a 53-year-old woman. Like the times that you're throwing your fucking pen, you know, or like almost pulling your hair out or your voice gets that a little bit higher. And 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 no one's there telling you to stop. No one's saying, why are you behaving this way? Like, yeah. knock it the fuck off, you know? You're allowed to just experience that. And kids don't even understand their emotions as it is and then we're putting pressure on them to shut it the fuck down and i i didn't know anything about emotions i didn't know anything about raising children you know what i mean i I had kids young and you know i went about my days i wish i would have known more about what a temper tantrum was Mm -hmm. and you know what I mean? That you're not just being a little fucking bitch. Right. And that's, no, and that, I mean, I still see it now. Yeah. But as I'm reading and reading and I'm listening to these people, these doctors, it's all women I've seen so far with this gentle parenting. And it's really about giving this child an opportunity to feel what they're feeling. Yes. Even though it's not a convenient time for you. Is it ever? <sighs> It's not. Is it ever? I mean, think of all the things that happen to you. And it sucks, and I see women going, it is. But it's as, as parents, or as human beings, instead of standing there gawking and then making our, our comments under, if you're not going to offer logical help, just walk away and mind your own goddamn business. Yeah, sorry this crying is fucking bothering you. Know, you. Can, you, you need any help? <laughs> no. What, what can you do? You're right. right. I can't do a fucking thing. Let me go get my milk. You know what I mean? When kids are like losing it in public and yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. But we try to stifle them. And I'm like, imagine if you every, can't. But, but how frustrating. Like, you know, an abusive relationship or just in a shitty friendship when you're trying to express yourself and you're just getting shut down, shut down, shut down. And you're losing your shit. Like, I, as a grown adult, have been in romantic relationships where they're, you know, pu- like pushing my feelings down and telling me that I'm not right I didn't do that yeah you don't have the right to feel that way feel that way and I'm sitting there and I can feel my like squeezing my hands and and that's the way a toddler would act but like how else would you expect to act when someone's making you feel like you don't matter and And that's when it comes back to the experiences tied to your emotions but as adults now ours is coming out in well some is coming out in violence And enrages. And it does and in toddlers and it does in adults. Right, and it does because we're not learning as how children to cope how to deal emotions. with how to cope with our emotions. And I think too And men are told, Don't cry. Don't cry. Yeah, you know, toxic masculinity. And I think men hear that and they think we're only talking about men who behave badly or men who are gross. That's not what I'm experiencing I'm, that now with a male friend who's having such a hard time with his emotions because it was beat into him. Don't cry. Right. Don't express he yourself. He doesn't believe he's allowed to do that. That's And that's what the toxic masculinity also ties into. It's stifling men as well or not giving men the platform to also experience their emotions. And I know as a, as a woman, from such a young age, we're made to believe that the sexes are so different. Right. And I think we discussed this, you know, on uh, the Robin One Out. We were talking about, like, 
boys or men only think about sex, 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 and women only think about homes and babies and love. And like that is not, not true. the case. And and it's certainly not that black and white. Do you know what I mean? And why? Why are we taught that we're so different? We're human. We have the exact same makeup except for, you know, a couple different hormones that change. And I mean, I just don't understand that. No, you're right. And (laughs) it is about, it is about education though. You know what I mean? And we're expecting people to know stuff that That we never taught them. You know, all the stuff that I wasn't taught and all the stuff that I didn't teach you. But now I'm in a situation where as you were going along, you were learning. I was surviving, Mm -hmm. right? But you were educating yourself along the way, soaking it all up and then feeding it back to me bringing us to where we are today. Yeah, working on it. But I'm learning a lot. Me too. I'm always learning. And even though how yucky I feel today, I just, I'm just having a, I'm just not feeling well. You know what I mean? But. Yeah, physically you're not feeling well. Physically I'm not feeling well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But people can't tell that. Someone looked at me right now. They have no idea of what I have going on inside. Right, you don't look sick. I don't look sick, but I can barely hear out of this ear. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, we're out judging people and no one has any idea. I think performance, that's so funny to me. I was thinking about that. I love pop culture and, like, celebrity bullshit. Not so much. Like, I would never freak out if I saw a celebrity. That's not my jam. I don't like stalk in that sense but I like the gossip you right, know what I mean right. I'm into that part of it we've talked about that like me I woke up Monday in so much pain mm-hmm. but I still went to work and I suffered all day long with mm-hmm. it do you know what I mean but you were talking about celebrities I think it's funny because you'll get um, like people will be like oh I met ran into so and so and they're so fucking nasty they were so mean they were so this they were so that or even Owen Wilson someone's like Owen Wilson's the nicest guy if you catch him on a good day like yeah same yeah do you know what I mean like there's days where if you catch me at the Wawa you'd think I know everybody in that bitch and that we're partying together every weekend Mm -hmm. and then there's days where I go in there and you'd think that I'm the nastiest person you know living in Cherry Hill because it, it just depends like some days are different than others. Right. And I don't right. know why you would think right. that just because someone has a lot of money or in the public eye that they don't have those same experiences. And I just find it so weird the way we Yeah, like you have to go on stage. In general. Like, you have to go on stage and perform no matter how you woke even up in that the corporate, day. the corporate yeah. world. Yes. Just, you're just expected. I remember being a server. Oh, my uh, God. You're just pers- like we're expected to perform all the time. Like for what? Why am I not allowed to just be sad or just be cranky? As long as I'm not treating anybody badly yeah. as, a, as an effect of it, you know. But communicating that, I think, is so big, too. And it's like, I'm having a bad day. So do, please don't, if I come off short or choppy, like, please don't take, take it personal. But that's the communication. Good morning. Good morning. Not so much a good morning. <laughs> uh, right. I'm having a bad day. And and I would like that. And I see that in my team. But I think that that makes sense. Yeah. You know what if I mean? people know what they're... You should give people all the information and then they can make a, an informed decision for themselves how to respond to it. <laughs> okay. So then maybe I need to develop some type of app oh, that Here will light up when you're <laughs> holding it. Something will light up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe on your forehead, like, I'm fucking pissed. I know. Turn the other way. Get on the next train. Do you know what I mean? Well, why are you walking away from someone who's pissed? Maybe you should give them a little cheer you up. 
then help me help, help me. me know how to <laughs> if it says I'm fucking pissed <laughs> yo who you pissed at that could fire someone up that's true too do you know what I mean it, it depends on where you're at I might you become know, their hype man you know you have those moments where all you want is to be fired up but then you know the, I always knew the right people to go to you know like you just want someone to get behind you and chant your rally cry with you well that's what I'm saying depending yeah. on how I am you said you're supposed to you know give them some <laughs> words I might be you in you might that. join in mm-hmm. on them mm-hmm so I do want to come back to the 87 human emotions and experiences. Wow. I'm going to post these two because there's a lot to go through. But one that I find really interesting is down the bottom on your paper there, Mother. Places we go when we feel wronged. So the emotions that she says are tied into experiencing being wronged are anger, contempt, disgust, dehumanization, hate, and self-righteousness. I find this super interesting because (laughs) I can't even get the words out. Do you have a take while I try to... I do not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm overwhelmed by all of them. I know. But I want to touch on places we go when we fall short okay real quick so i want to tie with a bow so why why i feel that we feel wrong is so interesting to me because i think that you'll find that people who spew hate and people who want to dehumanize others and people who are very self-righteous they feel as though something was taken from them that they are being denied something that others are getting something that they are not do you hear what i'm saying i do and i think that's just a very interesting one because I feel like it ties into everything else because places we go when we compare. Now, if you were not comparing yourself to others, it would be really hard to feel wronged. Do you get what I'm saying? But I also think I was just dropping a little nugget as a bigger piece of society probably. I was just opening some shit up. And I was just wondering, you know, as as you were using those and then you came up to self-righteousness... I mean, I feel so bad for... That reminds me of, like, a Karen. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like, why are you walking on my street? Who the fuck are you? Right. Anyone can walk on your street As if they deserve more street. Like, you feel wronged. Why? Because the street was taken away. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it's so interesting when you really... When you really break down these emotions and the experiences they're tied to, you're like, holy shit. It is a little overwhelming. Like, Mm -hmm. places we go when we fall short. This is the one that you were drawn to. Mm -hmm. So tell me why. Read them. Well, because I know how, I mean, when I fall short, I get get so nervous and I get overwhelmed. So what would equate to falling short for you? Like, what do you... Say at work. And if I didn't finish projects in a timely manner, or if I wasn't able to help someone that truly was struggling. Okay. You, you know what I mean? And then when I when I read these and I see perfectionism in there, it kind of rings a light. You know what I mean? To tell me that I, I didn't realize that I had that piece in me. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Um, and then the, um, the guilt part. So it just resonates with me, you know, how they loop all that together. Right. So it says shame, self-compassion, perfectionism, guilt, humiliation, embarrassment. Right. But what I think is interesting, so if you were feeling, so say you're having a moment where you're falling short and you're feeling 
shame or guilt, whatever, what is your response though? Like, how do you feel? How would, if you could put yourself in that moment, what do you think your reaction to feeling that way would be? How would it come out of you? More recently, I'm noticing it comes out with, I'm getting a little bit of a, I get butterflies in my chest. I start to sweat a little bit. Mm -hmm. So maybe like an anxiety. Okay. Mm -hmm. See, I think that's interesting. I feel like so many of my emotions, like the way they come out of me can come back to anxiety. I definitely feel like there was a time where everything came back to anger, Mm. you know, where every, no matter what I was experiencing, I feel like I was expressing it through some type of anger. Like I said, and then it was like, it was being in romantic relationships that made me be like, okay, I have to kind of dissect this because it's coming from a different place you're not actually angry I do remember time. a time where those would be my responses for things that I went through more you know a, a type of anger but I know that now I have different results anger isn't a place that I go too much right I feel the same way yeah you know what I mean but that's why this is just so interesting and I haven't even gotten a chance to like truly look at each box and like compare and contrast. Do you know what I mean? Where you're like, wow. Yeah. Wow. And I think it's interesting the way things can show up. Mm -hmm. Like, let's think of um, teenagers today, right? Which you couldn't pay me money to be a teenager today. Social media, body image. Like, that shit was hard when I was growing up, when I was that age, and I just can't even imagine. But places we go when we search for connection and the emotions tied to that is belonging, fitting in, connection, disconnection, insecurity, invisibility, loneliness. Like, bam, right there. Insecurity. When you think of all the young people who are putting themselves out there in ways and you're looking at it and you're like, wow, this is inappropriate or why would they draw this kind of attention to them? And how can someone not feel good about themselves and also put it out there? Because I've wondered that about... I've wondered that. I'm like, oh, you, you're critiquing your own body, but you're you're naked. Like, what what's what's the logic here? And it's right there, like insecurity, invisibility. Yeah. Like when you feel unseen and you feel unnoticed, you're gonna you're gonna search for that validation, right? And it's it's I just find it all super interesting. Wow, this one really resonates with me. <laughs> And I'm looking back at some behaviors I had. Um, I had an experience this summer, you know, around the time of my mom's death where my emotions were all over the place. And I was just dealing with family members that were assholes, I have to say, for me, you know, in the way that I saw it, you know, right. in the way that the way that it was handled and their childishness. But places we go when things aren't what they seem I realize now how some of my behaviors I was just so mad that no one was seeing what I was seeing no one was seeing how this person's behavior was just so awful yes um that I I think my bitterness um created a lot of sarcasm because I know that I had had words with other people because of how they they weren't seeing it the way that I was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was just so and I'm and I'm and I'm still in a struggle. I think that's something that's going on in society a lot too and it ties into what we were talking about earlier when you're in a relationship with someone who's really shitty to you but then people on the outside know them as a good person or 
think they or think yeah. they're a good person. Mm-hmm. It can be really difficult. It can be really painful. Um, yeah, when it when you painful. when you feel like it's so blatant, like this bad thing, this awful thing that's going on is right in your fucking face. It is spelled out for you. Like the writing is on the wall. And when people are still turning their heads so they can't see what it says, that can be very, very frustrating. It was very frustrating. Yeah, that would piss me off. I mean, that did piss me off um, in in just the shitty relationship I was in, the way that his family saw him. Yeah. Like, fuck y'all. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck y'all. And he was in his 30s when I met him, but if you were to run into them now... I'm the reason that his life took a shitty turn. And the dude was already a criminal and he was already on drugs before I met him. Like, right. it is what it is. Right. You know? And I, I, I do. It makes it really difficult. And it's even though I know their opinion about me doesn't matter. We've talked about this before. Sometimes I do have moments where I'm like, it just sucks. Like, it just sucks that there's so many people. Not so many. But there's, there's people out there who are always going to think of me one way. And it... And it's not because of anything that I did. It's just truly a tunnel vision. Yes. And that brings me even back, you know, to celebrities or to people with bigger platforms. It's it's so interesting to me because it's, it's so perspective-based. You can go person to person. We could bring 10 people in this room and we could ask them all about the exact same celebrity. And we're going to get 10 completely Absolutely. different opinions from 10 people who don't even fucking know them. We're seeing it right now going <laughs> on with celebrities. We're seeing it right now with behaviors, bad behaviors. And I don't... You know what I mean? And I've... I don't know... So I watch Euphoria on HBO. And then I've talked a little bit about how I've gotten into Reddit. But Reddit can be really difficult for me because it's so negative, And that's not what I'm there for. But... There's a lot of talk on Euphoria because the characters are very complicated. But the other way of looking at it is that the characters are very human-based. Do you get what I'm saying? I so do. when you go into these these forums and people are having these discussions about what makes a good person and what makes a bad person, I really struggle with this. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I have people in my life that I love very, very, very much who have done really bad things to me. But... When I step back and I look at the bigger picture and I look at their emotions and their experiences and the things that have played into who they are and how they got there, it would be really hard for me to be like, oh, that's a bad person. Right. You know, like that's reserved for like the rapist and the child molesters. Like, yeah, Yeah. those are bad people that are not coming back from what, you know. Right. But there's just so many things that I think people can learn absolutely to deal with differently so like what makes a bad person do you get what I'm saying I do and I think it's so easy for us to put labels on things and on people and how can you that's all I'm saying is how can you do that on anybody when you don't have a whole picture right and you're never going to have a whole picture so Maybe I'm saying don't have fucking opinions, but then, like, who the fuck am I? Because I have right. an opinion about everything. Oh you know? So Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but everything, fair everything's enough. a contradiction, right? Yeah. <laughs> but when you go back to the, you know, the emotions and the experiences, you know, all of these tie together and, you know, all of these different things have led me to set some of the boundaries that I've set. You know what I mean? In the experiences that I've had. Yeah. Because I don't want to deal with some of this, 
some other people's shit the way that they haven't been able to learn process process as the 90 day no they're not they're they're reality gays now one of my favorite podcasts the reality gays as they would say you might want to process that yeah that just needs to be a response when somebody's on some bullshit right you might want to process that that's a good one yeah (laughs) yeah and 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 not everyone feels the same way about things but also like you were saying turned you know you turn that blind eye why is it so much easier to hurt or to support the person that's doing the hurting than the person that's getting hurt i feel like there's i say that wrong no you said it you said it correctly, and I think there's a fair argument to be made that sometimes on both sides, more than one person's getting hurt, right? Okay. I'm not saying specific to your situation. Okay, true. But when there is, you know, a break like that, when parties fall apart, people fall apart, it's possible that people on both sides are being hurt for different reasons. But again, it all comes back to perception, because if they're not even seeing what they did wrong or what they contributed, they're only feeling their own hurt, then they're doing themselves an injustice. Correct. You know, and again, I'm not speaking to your particular situation because... Nor am I. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. In general. The other thing that's interesting with Brene Brown is that she has this empathy misses. So the eight emotions, behaviors, and empathic miscues that get in the way of connection. So that's like the next step. And there's sympathy versus empathy, judgment, disappointment, discharging discomfort with blame, minimize and avoid, comparing and competing, speaking truth to power, and advice giving problem solving. So one that I think is super interesting because I think so many people do this and they don't even realize it is comparing and competing. This person confuses connecting with you over shared experiences with the opportunity to one-up you. That's nothing, listening to what happened to me one time. We all have a one-upper. We do. In our lives. We do. We might have many. We do. But I have to say, I caught this in myself, and I worked on it, or I think I'm still working on it. So many of us are one-uppers without realizing it. If someone comes to you and they're telling, like, if I come to you and I'm like, oh my God, my stomach hurts so bad, and your first response to me is like, oh, I know all about it. I had a stomach ache yesterday. Like, even though you're not minimizing my pain, you're just saying, like, I get how you feel. Like, this wasn't your time. Right. You're letting me know. Right. I have no idea what kind of stomach ache you have. But I'm just saying, and obviously that's a stupid one. No, it's not. That, Do you know that what I mean? Sense. But I think people don't just realize. Just acknowledge yours. I don't need to know your experience. Right. You know what I mean? Like if I'm coming to you for advice or I'm coming to you to vent or to share my experience, you don't then need to mirror back to me how you, that you have once been there. Like, or like just, just validate That me. is something that I experienced a lot my whole life. Of what? Feeling one-upped? Always, okay. yes. If someone that that's how those that's how I got responded to. That's how you felt responded to. Yes. Okay. Yes. In I think in my family life. Okay. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, the youngest of six. Yeah. I I would imagine you probably you and Heather had spoken about this feeling like you just didn't really have a voice, you know, because right. like by the time it got to you, right, everybody else's opinion. And how could my there's be a hierarchy, different. right? Yeah. How could how could my experience be any different than yours? Right. There's like a hierarchy. Yeah. Of who's thoughts matter the most I'd imagine I'm the oldest so I don't know about that right my thoughts matter the most your where your thoughts thoughts do <laughs> matter so I do know that I was on an end of a more of an advice giving and problem solving 
but I also am part of that and and I and I felt good about doing that, but I realized I also didn't really listen. Listen. I think men deal with this a lot and probably I mean people deal with this, but I think this is true for a lot of men is that especially if a woman their woman comes to them with a problem their immediate response is going to be to fix it because that's kind of how men are conditioned you know there's a problem and then there's a solution if there's something that you can do about it then you do it and then you be done with it and you move on and then i think that's where the misconnection comes or the disconnection comes because men find women to be so emotional but women are taught to kind of sit with something decide how you feel about it and then respond and react because what we learn is not everything has a solution. Right. Sometimes you just need to process the way you feel about it and then you can cope with what the original... Does that make sense? It does now that I'm older because I was not taught that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that a lot of parents too, I think right. it should be really important when you're talking to your children or your children come to you with something, say to them like... Are you coming to me to vent about your feelings? Or are you looking for a solution to your problem? Right. And this could save you a lot of stress. It can. And energy. It can. And frustration. <laughs> but that was true for us because I would just want to talk to you, you know, and I and love... Just get me to listen. I love talking things out because mm-hmm. when I'm talking out loud, I catch myself and I'll say something and I'm like, oh shit, like, why did I feel that way? Why did I say that? If I wouldn't have done that, this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. I'm very... Almost to my own detriment, self-aware. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's... It's a shame that it's taken to me to be 53 years old to even realize that I had 87 different emotions. Well, I'm sure a well, lot of people the... have no idea. It's pretty crazy. It is a little overwhelming. It is. And then the other thing... But it's thing, interesting. It's really interesting. I find it really interesting. And like I said, it was being... I found that being in a a romantic relationship, and I don't want this to sound wrong, but one where I really respected the other person, um, because I don't want it to seem as though I didn't respect the ones before, but eventually I didn't, you know? And then you stay in a relationship with someone, and I think a lot of parents do this too, they kind of respect and fear kind of mesh Mm -hmm. together. So I stayed in relationships out of fear, whether it was fear of the other person, fear of being alone, fear of being the single friend, whatever the case may be. And I didn't really respect them. So I would get in these disgusting arguments and I could say anything and fly off the handle and we were still going to be together. So it didn't matter, you know, and you can act like you have adoration and respect for that person. But if you can pull out the nastiest things, you don't. And then I got into a relationship after that where I really respected him and I respected his feelings and I didn't want to ever make him feel less than or little. Because I knew I had made the person before them feel little. Whether right. it was in reaction or not. Exactly. It feels shitty to know that I did that. So then when I was with someone that I really cared about, I had to face so much of my own bullshit. Again! Because I felt like I had just faced it all in the bad relationship. And now I had to fucking mold it all and yeah. make it useful. You know? And But they say, like, the most... My friend Jess and I have talked about this. Like, the most difficult relationship is the healthy one after the toxic one. And she's like, that's not the problem. Like, it's it's trusting it's, yourself. It, it is. It's believing that you even deserve love. It's believing that you deserve kindness. It's And it's accepting, you know, that it's yours. Right. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> and, and that is hard. And that's where I am. I mean, I'm not in a relationship, um, but I... 
I have grown and I have grown so much since I was in something toxic. Yeah. You know, I've grown as a woman. I've grown as a mother, Mm -hmm. you know, just so many things. And I wonder if I, I pray I'm able to bring all of these things I learned and that the respect that I have for that person, because I know what you felt. I went into my relationship with adoration, with respect, and just pure, just this chemical A true, tie. there was a true oh. understanding, though. Like, I really, in the abusive relationship, I didn't care anymore to mm. understand. I don't give a fuck why you're a piece of shit. You're right. just a piece of shit. And, like, right. yeah, I get it. I'm still in the relationship. But it's just a place you get to. Exactly. And then with the guy after him, I was like... It matters to me how you feel. It matters to me that I understand what you're saying and that I'm not just taking taking it at face value and making it my own. Right. You know, and I, I had to really learn how to communicate. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to meet me there. But what I learned about myself in the process, the way that I was breaking things down, the way that I was... The way that I went from sending, you know, seven manic paragraphs to my ex to sending three short sentences to this guy that got my point the fuck across and let him know this is not okay behavior. This is not the way Mm -hmm. this is going to go, you know, and it it didn't go the way I wanted it anyway. But the change in me, the ability, the, the, the passive aggressiveness that I was able to get through, the way that I used to present myself. And now I'm like, you know what? It's this. It's this. Or nothing else. Right. Just get to the point. Right. You're just, yeah. You just, right. And it's, I don't choose you. <laughs> <laughs> we were just watching something. I don't choose Again, you. a rejection. Yes. I feel like so many, just like, bullshitting now on the emotions Like as we're talking about it, and I remember talking about it recently, I, the only, like I would retaliate when, because I knew I was never being heard in my marriage. No matter how loud I screamed or no matter what words I used, no matter what tactic. So I remember, you know, and I would plan it. I would plan to be in the perfect spot when he would jump in the shower because I knew which faucet or which toilet to flush to burn the fuck out of him. Right, yeah. I used to wish he was allergic to bees. (laughs) No, I'm serious. And, And I'd had a conversation with my girlfriend and then I made the mistake of telling him and I was kind of like talking about it joking and then I realized how awful that was that that was like if he was allergic to bees that was like premeditated shit you know (laughs) so I had to check myself but I get it you get so angry and this was someone that I respected but at the time at the time I respected in the beginning yeah but it, then I got my validation it chisels away it did I respected him and I looked up to him and then I realized when I stopped looking up to him because we were together for some freaking reason because I bought him groceries and you know I was having sex with him on the side yeah. do you know what I well mean? there was a point where he was on uh, the deja fucking view so if you've heard me talk about how I ended up in a relationship with somebody who was on house arrest for a while I was just about to say my dad was on house arrest for a while and we took the fuck care of him even though we really had already oh, yeah, severed ties I would take him things and he and then he tried to get me to come and spend time and one he was like play a game when I got there and it was like, yeah, we're not playing games. And he asked me to play a game. Was he the fu- was he fucking jigsaw? Yeah, he wanted he wanted me <laughs> to play, play a game. A game. With him. And I was like, and I thought to myself, look at you, you're already out. You have your own place. You know, 
get the F out of there. And I did. Yeah. And I thought, no way. You're yeah. not mine. I, and I, and I. You're not my responsibility. I, but I didn't really, real, yeah, you're not my responsibility. Yeah, that's, I mean. And he, I really felt like I was responsible for him. I know that who was feeling. Else, who else was going to take Who's care gonna of take him? going to take care of him? How was he going to eat? I know. How's he going to. Do you know, like he, I know. he is a human. He it, is a human. It's hard. But he was just mean. I struggled a lot. Oh, wait, wait. That's what I was getting to when we were together for a reason. And I just had on like a low, a low little sandal heel. And I'm uh, only 5'7". Yeah. yeah. I ain't that tall. And I remember looking at him and I said, oh my gosh, you're shrinking. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, yes, you are. I'm so much taller than you with these shoes on. And he said, you were taller than me when... When we walked out of the aisle for the wedding, and I said, "Oh damn! I guess I just used to look up to you back then." Oh yeah, I used to think he was huge. He was He's like not big. No, he was Goliath. You know, seriously, he was Goliath. And Donnie, well, and I, when I was <laughs> out with him, like we were out and dressed. I really did. I felt like he was like the, six the foot hottest eight. Thing, well, the hottest thing walking. Oh my god! I remember in the beginning of my relationship feeling that way. Like, oh my god, I'm just so lucky. Like people must see us and be like, how did she get so lucky? And then as it got worse, and he was just awful. I'd be out, and then I'd be disgusted at the thought. I'm like, what if somebody looks at us and thinks we're a cute couple? Like they have no fucking idea. That again, I you know, like you, I wish he was allergic to bees. Yeah, and I wish so I could become cruel, a bee farmer. But you know, I want... he can't see without his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite movie. <laughs> Favorite part of the movie. It's the worst uh, part. Is fucking just when he says it though. <laughs> She, she says it. She says it. But she it's, just cares so much about him. But yeah, I okay. want to experience. I truly want to experience. You know, with a partner, that respect that, you know, even if we have a disagreement, it's just a disagreement. It's why not do the you, end of the relationship. Why do you have to slice my throat? <laughs> I remember so many times getting into little arguments and I'm like, oh, well, we're broken. Like, that's the way the relationship was. Everything was the end of the relationship. And you get into such a point, again, back to the emotion and experiences, because when you don't feel stable, yo, The shit that I will do when I am unsure of what's happening around me, like if I am in chaos and especially in romantic relationships. And again, with my most recent one, I had to check myself because I'm like, I feel paranoid. I feel unlovable. I feel all these different things all because he's not sure about me Mm -hmm. because he's not sure about a relationship and I'm internalizing all of this and making it personal. You know, and making it your problem. It's me. It's something I'm doing wrong. It's something I'm not bringing to the table. It's something I didn't say right or present to him correctly. Doesn't everybody do that? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I I hope it's not just me. And that's one of the biggest things I'm working on right now is to stop taking everything so personal. And because so much of what people do has nothing to do with us Mm -hmm. and everything to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what brings me back to this is when I was able to break down my behaviors and see this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm screaming. This is why I'm rage texting. This is why I'm going into this hole. Right. Because I feel rejected. I feel unheard. I feel like my opinion doesn't matter, whatever the case may be. And then I'm like, oh yeah, we all are. Yeah. We're all dealing with these different things in different areas of our life. We're all miscommunicating with the people that are close to us. We're all experiencing these things. And then we're all expected to go out into the world and work and make money 
and work out and stay healthy. Like, there's just so... Be parents. Be friends. There's just so fucking much. Yes. It's very overwhelming. It's and very it's overwhelming. More overwhelming, one, when people are not self-aware. It's my biggest pet peeve. And then two, like this other thing, just being aware of others as well. Just <laughs> That's important. That's something I'm learning as well. Being being aware of others. And and I know that I've worked on it a lot in my life, but there are so many people who are blinded to everything around them. Whether it's simple of being in your car. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you go, you're going to solve so many problems. Right. Do you just know what I mean? Unaware. Or if you move up, if you yeah. move up six inches, just all these other cars can get out of this parking things. lot and you can fix this whole traffic. Right. Like if you, problem. if you really dart out in that street right now, you're going to cause an accident. Right. And, but they don't think about how their actions affect are, other people. And it's simple shit that blows up. I mean, that comes back to us being emotional beings who are occasionally logical. At the end of the day, we're animals. We're animalistic. We are creatures of habit. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And one of those habits, unless you work on it, unless you activate it, one of those habits is being selfish. Right. For myself, you know, from the moment you're born. A baby yeah. cries because it's hungry. Yeah. And then once it eats, it's done with you. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and the emotional connection is there. But there, a lot of that we could create. Because guess what? If you only met a baby's very basic needs, right. it's still going to thrive. And yes. it's going to find a way to learn the things that it needs. Exactly. Or it'll be on some Mowgli shit, surviving in the jungle. Do you know what I mean? But, like, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Is It's just the animalistic. And... It's in our nature to only consider ourselves unless you work on it. Right. You activate that ability right. to stop and think about how you're going to affect. I also think being the oldest child, you automatically just come with that, though. I've always been someone, well, I probably can't even say the oldest child, but I've always, I think you are, you aren't. I've always been someone who considered consequences like I would think long and hard about things. I believe that I and did some that people to an extent. Yeah. Don't. But then again, I envy the people who don't. Like to be that brave, to be that short. Like my brother lives his life so authentically to who he is in a way. Do you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. like, I wish I had the balls to just do Well, things. he also gives no shits what people think of him. But he's also innately selfish. Yes. So he acts that way because it's going to get him what he wants. So like Laughter that completely just circled and, back. Yeah. Admiration. <laughs> like I just went in a whole circle of did. like All the, the positive to the negative mm-hmm. of what but that's that what looks happens. like. But, but that's what happens with some people. I know. You know it's what so, I mean? I could talk about this shit forever, and I probably will. That's why I have my own but podcast. But for those of you who just do get stuck in the moment, you know, and um, it, it's funny, but it's not funny. But people with their phones these days, mm-hmm. like a lot of people get stuck in the moment on their phones. They're getting hit by Is that what's grinding your gears this week? People who... What's grinding your gears, girl? Tell me some things. Let me tell you. As we're about to wrap up. So tell me, what's got got you fired the fuck up Well, you know what? This week I'm pretty chill because I've been sick and Mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't been out there getting my gears grinding. (laughs) But I didn't pick up my stuff yesterday, though. Oh, your recycles? Mm -hmm. Your branches? So I had some emotions about that. (laughs) I'm not going to compare any of that, but this this was interesting, girl. I appreciate this. I appreciate you. (laughs) That goes with my love language. I was going to say. I like appreciation. We were supposed to, supposed to, we can do whatever we want. You can. (laughs) 
Our plan was to tie love languages in as well, but that just gives me some more shit to talk about and talk about it. I will. I like I like the emotions though. I really like the emotions. This is going to come up so many times on the podcast and just in life. I think this is really interesting. I have a bunch of friends I want to send this to because I think this they'll think this is especially when you take everything, even if you don't work on how you re, how you interact with other people, you only change the way you interact with your children. Uh, if you change the way you react with yourself, well, that changes everything. Yes. And that's all people should do. Just look inside. That comes back to that shadow work. And we're going to dive into that more too, because again, animals, animalistic beings, we all have these bad, dark parts of us. And the thing is, they're not bad and dark, but at a small (coughs) age, all the things that you're taught are wrong, right? It's wrong to be mad. It's wrong to yell. It's wrong to cry in public. It's wrong to pound your fist on the ground, like whatever the case may be. But then it, you're not taught any, but it's okay to do this. Right. Like if somebody said, listen, when you're angry, you can't punch another person, but you can sit down and write down a list of all the reasons that you're fucking angry. Right. Like that might sound stupid in or this moment can, right, right. because you've been angry for so long and that be like, who's going to sit down when they're angry. But if you take a small child who's losing Start their shit down. and you're like, here, just draw me, draw, tell me why you're pissed off. And right. you know, I had kids that would be able to like, I'm mad at you. Yeah. I'm mad at you. You did X, Y, and Z or you talk to me this way. And it's jarring at first. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that. Like, mm-hmm. Dealing with my brother and I. Mm-hmm. It's jarring at first to have this small child like tell you the fuck about yourself. But then when you step back from it, you're like, oh shit, they're humans. And how about... Deserve respect. How about when we make promises to our children that we know we're not going to keep? Girl, that's a whole Even as episode. simple as when... When I pick you up from school, we'll get fast food. Whatever it may be. You got to stick to your word. You have to follow through. You got to stick to your word. As much as you have to, to the follow through. the bad or the through. good. Exactly. The and consequence that, or the award. you taught me that. Yeah. You're like, listen, mm-hmm. stop telling him you're not going to let him do A, B, and C <laughs> because you know damn well, you might have been about eight, you know damn well he's going to get to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And a whole alphabet that I'm not going to get to do any. No, I didn't do any. He's going to do them all. And I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> right. So I learned. It's, it's, you know what it is, though? Listening. Listening. I feel like every episode we wrap up, we're like, and this is a lesson in communication oh, and listening. I don't even get started to understand. At the end, but I've always yeah, now you got, yeah, now you I, got your fire. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm yeah. ready to start this it's episode. Done. It's oh. done. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to leave a review and subscribe to the page because that's what helps us grow. Subscribe to the podcast, not the page. There's no page <laughs> yet. I can't do one more fucking page. But anyway, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.